Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. But at this point, you're, you're still in striking range. Um, you've only played two divisional games, you're one and one. This is Saverin on Steelers. Hello to everyone in Steelers Nation. Welcome to Saverin on Steelers. I'm Stan Saverin, the host of our podcast. Thank you for joining me. Uh, we put up two new podcasts weekly during the Steelers season. You can get it at Steelers.com. Obviously, you're listening, you found us. Please tell your friends, neighbors, relatives, the guy in the corner, whatever, uh, that were available for Steelers fans everywhere throughout Steelers Nation. The bye week is come and gone. The New Orleans Saints lie directly ahead. And here sit the Steelers with the second worst record in the AFC at 2-6. and six. How do they approach the remaining nine games? The mantra in Pittsburgh has always been, we're contenders for the big prize, meaning the Super Bowl. Nothing less will satisfy us. So that will give you an indication. I think most teams would answer that even if they're out of it. There's something to be gained, something to be gained from winning games as many as you can. The negative on the other side, the anchor, if you will, is what positions do you need to fortify? And you do that in the draft, and to have your best opportunity to do that, you need a higher well not only a high pick, but higher picks throughout the draft. Sometimes I think we think about the draft and only in terms of what it means in the first round. You've got to get terrific players in the second and third round. If you're talking about building a champion, you need to get quality picks in the second and third round and fourth for that matter as well. Um, If you strike gold and hit somebody in the fifth or sixth round, that's good. That's great. But you can't rely on that. First, second, third, and maybe even the fourth, you've got to function well. That's not to suggest that the team should tank. I don't think you'll ever see that from the Steeler organization. And I don't think you'd ever see it from the players. I don't care what organization we're talking about. Players don't care about the draft. Players don't care where their team is going to draft. They care only about, am I going to have a spot on this team? And to do that, I need to play well. Even if I don't end up In Pittsburgh, for example, other teams are going to be watching how I play, how I perform. And even above and beyond that, football's a tough game. Only the tough really can survive to play it. And for that to happen, you've got to be invested fully. Every football player in the NFL, really anybody who's a competitor in anything, you're in it to win it. These are highly trained athletes. 
But in addition to their physical skills, mentally, they're trained. I'm in this to win. And so no matter what the record is, individually, they're going to want to go out there and perform. So it's not a matter of going out and tanking. Now, sometimes that does occur. You've got too many players in a team that, frankly, toward the end of the season, not now in the middle, but maybe towards the end, they're thinking about, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt because I don't want that to affect my contract status. If I'm a free agent, I don't want to be hurt because clearly that would maybe cause some disinterest or less interest in a player. And from a practical standpoint, they don't want to get hurt because they don't want to be in a position of having to rehab in the offseason. I mean, they take some time off, but then really beginning in February, they pick it up again. And they don't want to spend their time rehabbing because that doesn't allow them to train fully for the upcoming season. But I do think that teams can play this smart. It doesn't mean benching your best players or tanking to get the best draft pick. But it also does give you an opportunity where maybe the games aren't as pressurized, as meaningful. And it does give you an opportunity to showcase some of your lesser players. Your more inexperienced players. On the Steelers, it might be additional exposure for a Connor Haywood. How can we utilize him and utilize him differently? With Chase Claypool gone, I wouldn't at all be surprised to see Connor Hayward in the slot. He's built for that. Why not find out? It might even be a bonus to your team, not necessarily a detriment, and you find out about the guy. Barring injuries, extended playing time for James Pierre in the secondary. Maybe even a Mark Robinson who opened some eyes and he was able to stick with the team as an inside linebacker. Look, We know what Mark Spil- uh, what Robert Spillane brings. Why not find out Mark Robinson, what he has to offer? Not totally. You don't just stick him in there and say, here, you're the starting inside linebacker. But the reps that Spillane gets, maybe some of those, go to Mark Robinson. Miles Jack has a knee injury. Maybe you reduce his reps somewhat. I think you continue to play Devin Bush because the book on him is still out. Maybe the trade of Chase Claypool will offer some time for a Miles Boykin, a Steven Sims. Sometimes circumstances dictate playing time, and maybe that's the case with the Steelers. But why not mix those guys in? Find out what you have. Maybe give more playing time to Trey Norwood. Doesn't mean I'm suggesting that Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't play, but I also don't think that Minka Fitzpatrick has to play every down. Same thing on the defensive line. I'm not suggesting that Cam Hayward doesn't play, but maybe he doesn't need to play the amount of snaps. Let's find out what Isaiah Loudermilk is all about. 
DeMar- DeMarvin Leal has shown some flashes of excellence. Play him. What do they have in Mar- uh, Montrevious Adams? It's clear that Tyson Alualu is not in the picture now or for the future. Find out what some of these guys have. I think you can accomplish both. You can still be very competitive, but you can also find out about what it is you have and what it is you're going to need in the future. I'm anxious to see what the offensive offense looks like against the Saints. The coaches, more than the players, should benefit from the bye week. Some of the things that are very evident to those of us who are outside observers regarding the offense, not throwing down the field, not using the middle of the field. Why it would take a week off in the bye week for the coaches to realize where they were headed was in the wrong direction is beyond me. But be that as it may, I want to see if they've corrected issues. How much will Kenny Pickett benefit from the bye week? I'm sure he spent his time studying up. How much will things change because of the bye week? Not only in play calling, but in a style of offense, but also in use of personnel. It gives you reason to have great interest or renewed interest in the Steelers, despite the fact that the playoffs are highly unlikely and maybe not even a great idea when you sit here at 2-6 and six at the midway point of the season. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you know have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. How do players generally utilize their off week, their bye week? Do they continue to work out? Do they study? Or do they just take time off to heal their bodies? Max Starks played for the Steelers for a number of years. He's now, of course, the sideline reporter for the Steelers radio network. Max joins us now. And Max, when you were a player going back all oh, those many years ago, how did you spend your bye week? So bye week, I mean, it just really depended on, you know, what the schedule was, how much time was allotted. But... You know, I usually, if it was if it was possible, I'd try and go back to my college and catch a game if they were at home. Um, if not, head home uh, to Orlando or out to uh, Arizona, where I had a place later on in my career. 
you know, and just it depends just to get away and kind of you know, kind of reset yourself mentally for that second half push. Um, that was usually kind of the way I like to approach it. Well, we start out today with some good news in case you haven't heard. We're going to get a little bit of extra sleep uh, a week from Sunday. The Steelers game against the Bengals, scheduled for Sunday night football, has been flexed out, moved it back to 425. So that's good for those of us um, who are working that game. Well, absolutely, and we actually get a mid-afternoon game for once instead of the uh, the early morning. At least uh, the press box food will change just a slightly. <laughs> there you uh, go. We'll get more, get more lunch instead of brunch. There you go. <laughs> I like that. Good. Double positive. Uh, Max, this football team in particular, um, they're going. T.J. Watt is going to be back. Devontae K.Z. is going to be back. William Jackson, likely if he's healthy, is going to get a start. Um, I realize that players, they're not worried about the draft. They're not worried about next year. The coaches probably aren't either at this point. Um, but is it time at 2-6 and six for the Steelers to begin integrating at least some of the younger players, getting them game reps? Um, maybe they're on special teams, but maybe you give them a couple reps from scrimmage. Maybe you don't play Cam Hayward 95% of the snaps. Well, I, I think at this point we're still too early um, to have that consideration at this point. And by me saying that, that means we're now at week 10 of the season of 18 weeks. Um, I say that's more of a conversation once you get to about week 14. Then you start thinking about it to see what do you have, how it, what have they learned, how do they assimilate into the offensive and defensive schemes or the structure of the, of, of the team. Um, but at this point, you're, you're still in striking range. Um, you've only played two divisional games. You're one and one uh, with four on the back half here. And you're playing against teams with a, with a combined 44% win percentage average. So literally as tough as it was in the first half is about as good as it can get in the second half. And you're talking about also offensively a secondaries that rank 30 to 31st out of 32 schedules remaining. Um, of, uh, of as far as strength, so there's still a lot of a lot of hay to be had right now. Now I think if we evaluate this in December, different conversation. But as it stands right now, I don't see why you would start to implement that unless they've proven to you that they've earned it. But just to give it for the sake of giving, I don't think that that's the right approach right now. And I, I definitely don't believe that's in Mike Tomlin's DNA. Uh, those are all great points. Um, continually along that line of thinking, Max, when you look back at the first half of the season, the first eight games, um, there were winnable games against teams that are likely to make the playoffs. How much, and the Steelers have deficiencies, I think everybody understands that and recognizes that, but how much did the difficulty of the schedule play into this 2-6 and six record? Not that you can always look to play a homecoming opponent, but how much uh, the, the Steelers did have the most difficult schedule in the NFL in the first half. How much did that factor in, in your mind, to having a 2-6 and six record? Well, I think it factored greatly. You're talking about going up against experienced teams, teams above 500, teams that were playoff teams a year ago, teams that have, have greatly changed uh, you know, our minds. Uh, because obviously when we when we break this schedule, it's because we hadn't gone through it and a lot of surprises came in. Um, 
did anybody expect the Jets to be as good as they are? And they, and they look legit because they just took down the Buffalo Bills. So, you know, you think about the New England Patriots and their transition were kind of equal. They were a little bit ahead of us. Um, that game being another tough one. But, I mean, you know, there, there, were, there were some opportunities because we kept games close, especially the one down in Miami. But, you know, you look at that team, and that team's pushing to win the AFC East, which is a log jam division. We happen to draw one of the toughest divisions in the AFC this year. We thought it was going to be the West, and the West ended up being more dud than anything else. And the AFC East ended up being, being the, uh, the division that everybody was chasing. So, I mean, it's tough on, in retrospect. But like you said, there, there's all learning opportunities because we had some key things happen, right? You have an A starting a brand new quarterback in your system as well as drafting another one when you're replacing one of 18 years. That's one big hurdle that not a lot of teams have a lot of success doing, uh, especially when they haven't been in the system like some other ones that, that when it's changing of the guards a little bit smoother. Think Drew Brees to Phillip Rivers, right? Alex Smith to Patrick Mahomes. Like, those are more exceptions than standards to the rule. Because even for the Indianapolis Colts going from Peyton Manning to Andrew Luck, you had to, you had to have that, that weird fuzzy feeling in between um, and have a bad year. So, I mean, that was already one hurdle. Then you lose the reigning defensive MVP of the NFL week two of the season. Um, it was a difference maker. and A lot of injuries along the way. You lose almost your entire secondary uh, for, for one and a half weeks. And, you know, and then you have a new offense. So I think all those things play greatly into the record that we have right now. You know, hey, it is what it is. You are what you put on tape. And it didn't look good. But I think you, you have to say, given against the circumstances, you know, this team hopefully we'll see in the second half has learned a lot and they can kind of overcome those bugaboos of the first half season. But if they don't, then you have bigger questions that you have to answer. But as it stands right now for a young squad going through these growing pains in that ugly period, that is called the R word that we don't want to say building, retooling, rehashing, however you want to look at it. Um, we didn't do it as good as we could have, but there's still room for improvement on the second half. You know, that having been said, um, that really pinpoints this game on Sunday. Um, they're at home. They're coming off a bye. Uh, New Orleans did not look good. They're really banged up, and they're coming off a short week. Um, if there is a, for lack of a better term, uh, a turnaround, doesn't this game, isn't that the pivotal point? That if they win, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be a springboard. But if they don't win, it almost jettisons the entire agenda. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is a game where all things equal, this is a game that you should win. All the factors are on your side. And like you said, a rested up team, you're getting pieces back, as well as it's at home. And it's a game that plays into what you expect, especially when you're talking about a short week. We just watched the Baltimore Ravens pretty much beat up on this squad relentlessly. So if we are going to make a statement, this is the weekend to start start at least dusting off the, uh, the quote-unquote palette to start painting. You know what I'm saying? Like you got th- This is that perfect opportunity to, to bring out the new canvas, start picking out your color palette, and go Bob Ross on him, but it starts. It has to start this Sunday. Okay, excellent. Um, I love the analogy. Uh, T.J. Watt's going to be back on Sunday. I don't know if he's going to, you know, play the normal amount of snaps. If they're going to ease him back in, you know, they haven't been, been determined yet. 
Um, and it seems unusual to say, um, if you take a great quarterback out of an offense, naturally there's going to be a trickle-down effect. Um, you wouldn't think that would be the case with one player. Um, but it is. The numbers tell you how valuable T.J. Watt uh, is to this team. Um, the, the numbers don't lie. and It's past the point of coincidence. Uh, as you've observed him and you've observed the Steeler defense, how is it? aside from his individual excellence, that he has such a profound effect on the Steelers' ability to play good defense? I mean, plain and simple, uh, Stan, he's the Aaron Donald of our defense, right? He's the Aaron Donald of our team. You take Aaron Donald out of of that L.A. Rams uh, defense and teeth immediately start to wither away. Um, He's the one that, you know, Wolf and I talk about this on our show, He's a force multiplier, right? The addition of him allows others to be even better. And that's, that, that's, just, that's just plain facts. I mean, we're 1-6 without him this season, and we're 1-0 with him in the lineup. So, you know, that right there is just the straight statistical analysis that we look at it. But more importantly, you know, he allows Cam Hayward to get the one-on-one. He allows Alex Highsmith to get less chips off the edge. He allows for the lanes to be wider for Miles Jack, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane and company. And then also it speeds up the quarterback timing. So therefore our defense can be more aggressive on the secondary. So all of those, he, he, so he causes a ripple effect amongst the defensive personnel and what they can and can't do. You can be a little more aggressive because you know that quarterback has to get out in two and a half seconds or he's going to be on his back looking at the sky. So, those, and, and every quarterback knows that. When they see 90 across from him, it's like, all right, we need to get through this progression really quick, guys, okay? Listen, I know, I know, you, like, I know you like to cut round the route out at about eight or nine yards. I need you at seven. You've got to be at seven because the ball's coming at seven. You know, it just it speeds up their, their ability to operate, and, and we'll see. Try and get 11 people to move in cadence every single time. That's tough, and that's where accidents and mistakes happen, and that's when the defense can take advantage with the personnel. So that's what that's what I mean. Like he just he affects so many aspects of an opposing offense and of the defensive construct that you have that it makes it really difficult on the opposition just by his presence alone. Oh, great stuff, Max. Last thing for you. There's been I don't want to call it a controversy, but there's been conversation about how well Jalen Warren has performed. Mike Tomlin in the press conference acknowledged such. Uh, I expect we'll see more of him. Um, is it overly simplistic to say, well, both Najee Harris and Jalen Warren are running behind the same offensive line, running the same plays? Um, Warren has had more success than Harris. Uh, is that overly simplistic? Is it a matter of Jalen Warren being quicker to the hole? Najee Harris maybe dancing a bit too much before he gets through the hole, assuming there is one. Well, I, I think I think it, it is a very simplistic view, but uh, but you know what goes into that as well is Najee's going to have more complex things thrown at him than Jalen Warren is, being the starter versus being the reserve guy. Because if you see Jalen Warren go in more often than not, it's mid drive. You've already established a tempo and kind of what defenses want to do. But B, he has to think about a lot less than Najee does, so he can therefore more read and react. Najee, I think, is a bit indecisive because 
he knows he knows what he wants to happen and he knows how it should look versus just taking what what's given to you right it's one of those things where you know it takes you a lot longer to figure out what you're going to eat at cheesecake factory than it does at a bistro or or some very fancy <laughs> daily da- daily menu right farm to table type spot like we only give you what we got right it's a veggie <laughs> salad or it's just a garden salad like you know, you go you go you go to Cheesecake Factory. It's pretty much a telephone book on the menu. There's like a page and a half just off salads alone. So I think that's where you kind of have to look at the differentiation of what what are they asked to do in a given play or a given drive. Um, so Najee's going to be thinking a little bit more than Jalen is, and also Jalen is one of those. I'm just happy to be at the table eating food. You know what I'm saying? And whereas Najee's like. Well, when I went to this restaurant, I got this, but they don't have this. So what's the closest equivalent to this? It's just, it's a matter of the decision-making process for both of them, and you get those different results. But I will say this, you do see a lot more decisiveness after Jalen Warren's had a successful play by Najee than you don't. And I think that's kind of one of the things where hopefully they feed off of each other in that room that is healthy competition to say, all right, it wasn't there, but... Man, I'm gonna make it happen, right? I'm gonna bring I'm gonna bring a hammer to a nail fight, and we're just gonna see what happens. And I think that's something that, hopefully, as they watch the film, as they self-evaluate it over this week, that's something that they can learn from, and hopefully build that and bring that to the second half of this season. That hey, you know what? Sometimes you just got to do. Don't worry about don't worry about your why in the moment. Just worry about it. That's all you have to do. It is a statement. Why is a question? Just make sure you make you cur- you curb that question mark into an exclamation point. Our thanks to Max Starks. Of course, he's a sideline reporter on the Steelers Radio Network. He also is the co-host of Wolf and Starks, heard on ESPN Pittsburgh and available on the iHeartMedia app every weekday, 10 a.m. to 12 noon Eastern. And after they're done, I come on and do my show. It's available again on the iHeart app, or you can get it on. Over the air, 9.70 a.m. I'm on every day following Wolf and Max. I'm on from noon until 2. The podcast available to you on the Steelers.com site. Just go there, and we're there twice weekly with new issues um, and episodes. I don't have any issues. My issue is doing the episode. There you go. Thanks for joining us today on Savern on Steelers. Tell your friends about us. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to Savern on Steelers. And until next time, so long, everybody. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.